Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to this week's episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. And guys, today we are going to talk about a subject that often gets ignored by all of you all because you're so good at making money. The subject is going to be keeping money. Yes, after you've made it, we can help you keep it. So today I have brought the owner of Wealth Wisdom Financial Partners and the host of the Wealth Wisdom Financial Podcast to talk to you guys. Please welcome to the show, Brandon Neely. Brandon, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. I love love talking to uh, somebody with an accent. <laughs> Dude, you should go but to. You probably say that about everybody else, right? Man, you should go to England. Everybody's got accents out there. Do you know? Everybody says, you know, oh, you're so lucky. You've got this accent. Everybody listens to you. I'm like, yeah, but like, if you went to England, Brandon, everyone listened to you. You'd have the accent. You see. That's yeah right. Just, yeah. It's just the thing. I mean, yeah. And my my English friends make fun of me because I sound like an American. So whatever. Here it is. This show is not about me, mate. It's about you. So before we get too deep into it, tell us real quick who you are and uh, what you're going to bring to the show today because you've got some uh, you've got some financial wisdom to dispense on all of us. Yeah. So a little bit about us is my wife and I uh, are serial entrepreneurs. I like to say that word serial. <laughs> entrepreneurs because mm-hmm. it's true now and and some people say it but they don't mean it but having multiple businesses uh the first one was one of those businesses that i i should have read millionaire fast lane a few years prior to this business mm-hmm. uh i would have done a different business but in this this millionaire fast lane uh book he says if you want to be a millionaire don't start a coffee shop and that's <laughs> what i did was Dude, you gotta sell a coffee shop. You gotta sell a shitload of coffee to do that, man. That's that's, yeah, that's hard. It was the coffee shop's name was Overflow. We went into Overflow because we wanted to make a difference in the world. We wanted to change the world, but we also realized we can't overflow if we're not taking care of ourselves. And uh, that led us to ultimately. Uh, selling the business because of the systems we had in place, we were able to sell. We right. weren't making a ton, but we were at least uh, profitable so, and uh, able to sell. So, is that so? Your first business, like right out of school, you just said, "I want to do a coffee shop." What happened? Tell me about the history. So it wasn't of how out you of got school. In. I was I was in the Marine Corps. I was in the music industry for a little while. So you just uh, skip all over that. This and that. I, I skipped all over stuff. I did all kinds of crazy stuff. You can't be skipping. You got to uh, share the crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah so so i went in i mean literally my old boss was in the news like just a few minutes ago um for not good things he, his name was uh uh the the infamous r kelly so that was one of my my old positions learned a lot about what not to do there uh and then did the shop coffee shop learned a lot and school of hard knocks uh, you know don't have a a degree in business but i i feel like i have a big degree in business yeah no doubt so what what were some of the challenges in 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 running a coffee shop that what were some of the things you had to go through that that enabled you to learn and and, and grow through that yeah one of them is making sure you take care of yourself right and so i tell every every business owner when you start into any business anything and this is the problem. A lot of people don't have any like uh, stay power, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. Uh, and so I tell every business owner three things. Know that you know that you know that you're called to it because it's going to suck at times. And oh, yeah. Yeah. M- most of the time we just look at Instagram and say it's going to be up and to the right forever. And I'm going to leave my uh, W2 job to do my entrepreneur job because i can work less that's what a lot of people think explain right? that to me up I mean, and up and to the right forever what do you mean by that what am i missing here oh people people think it there's no like downs in business. oh there's up no, and to the right like a chart yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. like a chart yeah, I, totally, uh, I got you now yeah that way I, uh and i thought it, i thought i was is, missing something on instagram swiping right or some shit i thought yeah, I was swipe, yeah. But, but a lot of times this is our world we're like oh yeah i don't like my job it's greener over here. Let's let me quit my job and let me be in the business world. And that's <laughs> going to be easier. Oh, right? yes. And it's you know, yeah. you know, 
uh, it, it's totally way easier. Mm-hmm. You only work 60, so you don't have to work 40 in the beginning, at least. I mean, um, there's, there's something to be said, I think, for a lot of people, for having the security of being able to punch in and punch out, and mm-hmm. they sit at their desk, and there's a complete list of, this is what i get got to get done today, and I'm doing this yeah. for the good of the company. And then there's... There's the other people. There's the rest of us that just aren't designed yeah. that way at all, you know. But like, yeah. I, I don't want to knock people that want to keep a job forever. Uh, but there's definitely something inside of the entrepreneur that just just doesn't let him sit there, you know. Oh, and I will tell you, whenever we sold the coffee shop business, my wife was seven months pregnant at the time, and uh, my wife's like, "Well, we're going to sell this business because you know it's illegal to have a baby behind the the bar. That's why we sold." We're like, "All right." things need to change uh we need to like do some some family folk first versus the business first mm-hmm. kind of ideas and she said go get a job i was like i'm not employable i haven't had a job in like five plus years like right, how am i gonna right. go get and uh so i i actually applied to work with my mentor who runs uh he does the similar thing as me he runs not your average financial uh podcast mm-hmm. so i I applied to work for him and he said, no. And he said, uh, I can't hire you too entrepreneurial. I was like, what the, <laughs> I, I've been sending you clients. Um, how come I, I'm not good enough for you. Then a couple months later, he comes and says, I have an idea. How about you and your wife start your own agency and I'll, I'll coach you. I was like, oh, that sounds better. I can actually do my own thing. And, uh, and then he wouldn't be on the hook if I did something illegal Right, right, because, right. You know, being a business owner and entrepreneur, we tend to go in gray areas. Oh, we do um, illegal things all the time. Yeah, it's no big deal. Yeah, like, I, I, I don't. <laughs> just so you know, I, I don't do illegal things. I, um, I don't but, either. You know. I, um, but there is. I just want to say there is there is a chance that you can inadvertently do le- mm-hmm. illegal stuff, especially in the securities and, and finance stuff. You could just be trying to help somebody. I know. Uh, you know, I've had several different uh, financial licenses, and I know you can very very easily put a foot wrong without even realizing it if you're not paying attention. Yeah, yeah. So, well, and that's why I'm in the uh, infinite banking world. Uh, I did not know that there was a lot of opinions about infinite banking out there. I all no. I knew was this: the system helped me to overcome a flood in the business, uh, obstacles because I my biggest risk was me, my biggest investment was me. Mm-hmm. So having that stability in in a life insurance policy, which again. Some people are like, what? Life insurance? What is that? But that okay, really so helped me to sell the business. Why don't we put why don't we put the brakes on this story for a minute? And like I'm familiar with the concept of internet of infinite banking. Um, I've scrolled Facebook Reels enough times to see the uh, you know, seventeen year old kids explaining how it works. But I would imagine there's a huge section of my audience that's really, maybe they've heard of it, but maybe they don't actually know what it yep. is. So if, if you could maybe explain it for us from from a, a, a child's perspective, say, and make it easy to understand just exactly how does infinite banking work and how can it benefit us as entrepreneurs? Yeah, so, so the first thing it is not is it's not an investment vehicle. It's a savings vehicle. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love combining it with profit first. And uh, it's a way of, of doing cash flow management, right? Mm-hmm. So so uh, I think about the idea of uh, richest man in Babylon, 10% right. of all you earn is for you to keep. Mm-hmm. Well, where do you keep it? Or bank accounts with profit first. I just happen to put it in one of the accounts happen to be a life insurance policy, mm-hmm. right? So it's my savings that I can then access and be able to access uh, and not wait until I'm 59 or 60 to then deploy to use for other things. So it's a properly designed whole life insurance policy Mm -hmm. that has high cash value with mutually owned companies that have been paying dividends for over 100 years. We call it bank on yourself for short, but it's about a, a vehicle that is efficient to be able to do other things like real estate or mm-hmm. your business or or whatever uh and so uh that's really what it is and i just kind of think it's a foundational asset mm-hmm. that you can use 
to take some bigger risks. And I, I think a biggest risk we can take is in starting a business, right? So um, explain to me then, if I put $2,000 a month in a savings account, mm -hmm. what's the difference between putting 2000 a month in a savings account for the rest of my life or putting yeah. $2,000 a month in an infinite banking account? How do, what's the difference? Yeah. Why, why should I do that? Yeah. So great question. So let me ask you this. If you passed away, what's the death benefit on a savings account? I have no idea. Literally Probably no, no idea. death benefit. No, None whatsoever. You'll get the, the $2,000, right? Right. So I have, uh, I, have how a, much, I have a couple how of million taxes? dollar life insurance policy, right? So I've got, yeah. uh, I've got one already, right? Yeah. So uh, along with my 2000 a month I'm saving, I've got an insurance policy that I pay on as well, right? Yeah, so yeah. I have no idea how much in taxes, no clue. I have an accountant. <laughs> like, I don't know that, yeah. that world. <laughs> so, so our savings as we access, right? And so this is where I, I think it's powerful to think about. Mm -hmm. So as I put it through a policy, it will continue to grow uninterrupted compounding every year and there's nothing you can do about it. So as you access the capital, to go buy real estate, mm -hmm. your money will grow as if you never touched it, right? So it's kind of like um, the, the strategy of a HELOC. You know, you have an equity of your house mm -hmm. and you take a loan. Mm -hmm. Well, the, the bank gives you money yeah. from that and they charge you interest, yeah. right? So the only difference really thinking about this is it's renting versus buying. Term insurance is renting, mm -hmm. whole life is buying. And what I'm doing is I'm taking, uh, instead of the house being the house, right? The house is me. Right, and I'm right. able to take that and leverage to grow wealth in other areas. Right. So do you borrow against the cash value of the policy then? Or do you borrow against the death benefit? Yeah. Uh, the cash value, kind of think about it as the uh, equity in the house. Mm -hmm. The cash value is the yeah. equity that has been built up that then you're able to leverage. And then if you were to pass away, which Dave, Dave tends to say, oh, yeah, well, you lose that. I'm like, well, no, it's an advance almost of what you've uh, used, paid, right, or death benefit. So mm -hmm. it's an advance that you can then use. So I used my policy for emergency. I used it to do a, a down payment on my house, 20% down, mm -hmm. right? And then I paid it back. I just recently bought an office condo, uh, personally owned, but my business, I did a 50-50 split. So I took a mortgage for half, mm -hmm. and then I used my policy for the other half, and I'm paying myself back. My business is paying me rent. Hmm. My 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 tax guy says I need to raise my rent, actually, um, for better tax things, but um but he's like, yeah, you need to raise your rent. I'm like, I own the, I own this. I want to control my OPEX. I don't want to raise my rent, <laughs> but he's, you know, yeah. anyway. It's all smoke and the mirrors, fun isn't it? Yeah. 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 So what, I see a book behind you that says the bank on your self-revolution. What, yeah. what kind of things is this, is this changing for entrepreneurs? What kind of extra advantages does having something like this bring? Yeah. So here's the thing, no matter what business you're in, every one of us is in the banking business. It's the most profitable business in the world. So it's understanding how money flows and at least capturing it. So, mm -hmm. so I, here's the thing. I am a past due entity when it comes to my business for taxes, right? And I have to put it in and then save it. And then uncle Sam's going to ask me for money, mm -hmm. right? That's how it goes. But what, what, wouldn't it be cool if I could, use that, capture something from it, and then deploy it out. That's kind of what I do with my policies is I put it in, deploy it, or I might, using the, the bank and yourself and profit first system, if I run a lean, profitable business, I start thinking more like uh, a, a banker, cash flow management, instead of just selling widgets, mm -hmm. right? Because it's, again, making money is really important but keeping money is just as important and oh, understanding yeah. the taxes, implications, all kinds of stuff that happens. 
like you know, I always say that making money is an art form, and and keeping money is a, a science. Um, yeah. Because as as humans, I think we're naturally predisposed to spend all of our available income making our lives as comfortable as possible in the moment. I think that's a, a very natural thing, and I think yeah. we we also by nature we we seek to ever expand our horizons and the things we have and the things we can taste and the the places we can go i I think we live in a a constant ever expanding bubble how does something like profit first and and really putting a system in place how does that counteract the entrepreneur's natural instinct to spend all of his money on his business well there's two things uh i don't know about you but uh I have shiny object syndrome, you know, mm-hmm. where things come and I'm like, oh, I want to go buy that. Yeah. I want to go do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and what Profit First does is really think about making smaller plates, yeah. right? Running a profitable business. And then I, f- I think there's two types of entrepreneurs out there. There's the, the ones who are underpaying themselves. Mm-hmm. And then there's the ones that are overpaying themselves. Yeah. And and they have their TikTok videos of of the the rented car that they took a picture <laughs> of, um, right? To to the for the illusion, mm-hmm. but but really, what profit first in the uh, banking yourself system is running a profitable business and making smart decisions, right? So so sometimes as as I know my opex, I know how to make sure that I'm not really just feeding somebody else or the illusion of a seven and eight figure business. Mm-hmm. I, I hear this all the time. I have a seven and eight figure business. I'm like, how much are you keeping? That's the key. Cause you can, yeah, you can tell a lot by looking at a P and L statement and tax returns. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I'm, uh, again, like looking at this as a surgeon, right. I'm looking at this and, and kind of doing some forensic uh, work to help the client and the client sometimes doesn't even see it. No. Uh, and it, it's so hard to see when you, when you live in it though. I mean, that's, that's why the, mm-hmm. the outside consultant is such a beauty is because it can come and put a completely fresh and completely unbiased set of eyes over data that you've already looked at 600 times, you know, it's uh, yeah, th- that's why I have people do it for me. And that's why I do it for other people. It's, it's to get that fresh perspective because you'll see something coming in, Brandon, as a as a cash flow expert, you'll see something that, that a business owner will have missed every time he's looked. You know. Well, and I, I do say, as we run businesses, uh, maybe you're good at at making money, but don't just offload uh, saying, "Oh, I'm going to get a um, CFO to to run everything, and I don't have to worry <laughs> about it." Understand how to read a P and L statement. Yeah. Understand how to uh read tax statements uh so that way you know if it, if a bernie madoff thing is happening mm-hmm. right and, and um that's why i understand it and then i don't worry about it but like having yeah. an understanding of like every every single thing i hire out everything single thing i train um yeah i i understand it and then i i realize yeah. that you know I, I learn it in order to hire somebody to do it and that, that's yep. pretty much it and so. that's that's the processes right so building mm-hmm. a good process yeah the what I love about the infinite banking system is it's just a process. It is a it is a business model that I know there's a cost of insurance. People Dave will say, Yeah, there's a cost. I'm like, well, any business has a cost in the beginning. Mm-hmm. There's a cost to start. What I could tell you with a very high degree uh, of certainty is I could tell you by the third year it will be a profitable business model and there's nothing you can do about it by just how how it works. And so by building the right systems, it'll just amplify your business because you have the right systems in place. And then you're able to grow. Like, again, I'm not in the real estate game as far as I, I do this. I do on real estate, mm-hmm. right? And right. I did this intentionally buying my office because yeah, it's it's the money game still. Well, yeah, yeah. So, did you are you entirely self-taught then, or did you follow your mentor's path a little more closely? Because like this seems like a a hugely like 
overwhelming set of tasks to put in place. You know, everybody looks and go, man, I'd, I'd love to have that. That sounds great. But like down from like the soup to nuts from the start to finish of it, just like how complicated actually is it? Yeah, so some is just making uh, Excel, know, understanding the numbers. We have a community that we've built. Uh, some is like me and, me and my wife, we've been doing this together. Mm -hmm. uh, she's really smart at some of this stuff and having like the front of the house person, the back of the house person team has, has been super helpful, but not everybody has that. So that's why men, coaches, mentors, guides, mm -hmm. you don't have to do start with everything and, and say, Oh, I got, I got to have the Tesla. Right. When maybe you need to start with where you're at and you just start tracking, like, you know, a mm -hmm. hundred bucks coming into the business, how do I break it down right. into the right buckets and then amplify that? And and sometimes we overcomplicate things. Oh yeah, so like, for sure. Again, I think about the uh, yours, small business surgeon, we wait until we need surgery yeah. to fix a problem. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, how did people get six pack abs? Well, they went to the gym. You go to work. Probably daily. Yeah. And hey, they worked for it. The little things that they did over time compounded. Mm -hmm. And so for me, as thinking about how I got here, you know, I run a YouTube channel and, and a podcast. We've been consistently growing, yeah, but also not uh, making sure we're, we're paying ourselves because mm -hmm. that's what I learned in my old business is, hey, if I don't pay myself, that's going to hurt. And, and people will oh, it tell does. you. It does. Yeah. And the, people the tell you. I love what you do. You're great. I love what you do. I'm like, yeah, but I still like to eat. Um, exactly. Yeah. The hard part really is paying yourself first, especially when you know there's other bills. And where we go wrong is I think we tend to focus on paying the bills instead of focus on increasing the cash flow of the business and, and looking for yeah. places where we can save money and places where we can increase income. I think we waste where, too much time where... worrying about the bills, man. Where we also will look at rate of return outside of, of our business and, mm -hmm. and chase rate of return in other areas, mm -hmm. Tesla stock and all of that. And that's, again, why I like profit first is because guess what? I know I'm going to have a profit comes first. I'm running a good uh, lean business. I pay my I, I make commissions, right? Mm -hmm. But I pay myself on a, a salary basis, right? Right. And so I know what it's going to be. It's consistent. But every quarter as I run it, it becomes easier and easier, uh, more and more profitable. And that, that's awesome. To so, feel. Yeah, no uh, doubt. Man, so if somebody wanted, if some, one of the listeners want to get started on doing something like this, what's, what's a reasonable um, amount of money to expect to put away every month? Is it like a... 500 a month or is it like a 10,000 a month? What are, what are you guys doing over there and, and what should they expect if they wanted to go this route? Yeah, it depends, right? And this is the, the challenging thing and what every financial advisor should say is it depends, right? Mm -hmm. So if you want an, an a lifestyle, right? So when I first started my policies, uh, when I met my mentor, 400 bucks a month each was hot. That was half of our income mm -hmm. going into savings, half. Um, but it was really important and we still needed to save. And I like to think about it. It's not about a number. It's about percentages. Mm -hmm. This is why I like profit. Right, first, right. Yeah. It's because uh, percentages of, of what? So as my income grows, I save more. Mm -hmm. um, it, but it's all percentage based. So more goes in. I, I now have a policy that my my uh, ceiling on this policy is $56,000. You would have told me 10 years ago that I'd be putting that much into a policy. I would have said you're on drugs. Right? So 56000 yeah. a year? Yeah. Yeah, yep. okay. But, but I'm in a different business. I'm in a different way i've i've understood the system right right of course taxes work mm -hmm. fifty six thousand isn't that big a deal as i grow a, a business right? right right but then some people are like fifty six thousand. that's uh that's small right uh and it all depends and what kind of lifestyle do i want to have a, a mansion mm -hmm. 
person, you know, those kind of things. And you want to reverse engineer, but the key is managing cash flow like a millionaire, saving, uh, and knowing that saving is different than investing. And your biggest, but I tell people a lot, your biggest investment is you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, of course. Yeah. And understanding that part. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just now, are there additional benefits to doing this kind of life insurance? Because I've seen things about it. Uh, you know, after you hit a certain age, you can start to take monthly withdrawals out of these mm-hmm. policies. How does that work? Yeah. So what we do is either you do a premium offset or, or reduce pay up where basically uh, I stop making payments. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I have that with ours. Maybe we'll do that. Maybe we won't. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but there's so much more where I can still have it and be able to not have to pay extra. But uh, the flip side is your need for cash flow and all of that. As I grow wealth wise, probably when I'm 70, I'll probably be making more mm-hmm. uh, because people are just going to be like, I want your wisdom and they're going to pay me thousands of dollars uh, because I have gray hair instead of uh, this hair. I got gotcha. you. Um, so who knows, maybe I won't need to um, lower it, but there that's the power of using these systems is there's levers to play and to use, right? So mm-hmm. I had a client that literally we just started and he lost his job, right? right? And he's like, I need to stop the policy. I was like, wait, hold on a second. Let's do some thinking. We were able to use the policy's cash value to overcome that challenge. Mm-hmm. And now three months later, he got a better paying job and he didn't interrupt the compounding of what was going to happen with that policy. Ah, that makes a lot of sense. So you know, what kind of rate of return of interest do the, the policies get when you're looking at them from a savings perspective? Yeah, I look and, and I don't really look at the rate of return as much, but I know it's way better than a savings account, uh, you know, three to 4% without any interruption. Mm-hmm. every year right and the the biggest rate of return that i think about is how do i use the cash value not just to buy a car but if if i have the access to capital and it's at a 5% simple interest mm-hmm. right versus the 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 bank right or mortgage or any of that stuff right so i can access it and invest in marketing for example Mm-hmm. then my rate of return is going to be huge depending, but, um, but I know this part is fixed that I can make those uh, smart decisions. I like that. It's probably something to, uh, to look into. It's going to take me a minute yeah. to save up uh, a few million dollars to be buying all that property there. <laughs> oh, well now you'd be surprised. Like, you know, I have one client that literally told me, he's like, I, I told him to do a bigger policy. I said, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to have windfalls coming through. And now he's coming to me saying, uh, you're right. This is happening. I was like, I, I knew this was going to happen because you're that you are a go getter. Right. So so the the challenge is when people are wanting the results. Remember, I, I think we talked about this on the, the pre-call. Yeah. Like they want the results, but they don't do the work. Right. And <laughs> and yeah. And, I think about this as like, how do I get so many clients? Well, no, it's like showing up. It's actually uh, swinging and sometimes you've missed, right? Right, right. Sometimes you don't get there, the the next thing, whatever. But most of the time people are sitting on their couch hoping for for a prayer, hoping for something, and they're not actually doing anything. Now, any business owner, you know, if they've been doing it for a long time, they have some war wounds, they have some... Mm-hmm. arrows yeah and but they they get up and and things happen staff moves things i think you just had an episode uh recently about uh staff problems right? <laughs> um, I, I i don't remember that they're they're always it's it it is always problems it, it, it's yeah. it's just how you overcome the problems like there's yeah. problems every day it's but it's it's great because i'm good at problem solving you know so yeah. Well, I told my my staff today, I said, you know, what's great about starting a business is um, with all of this, guess what? There was no problem. I didn't have a YouTube problem because I had no YouTube. I didn't mm-hmm. have any of that. 
Mm-hmm. I created all the problems that people are coming to me to solve, right? We created them, or at least created the atmosphere for it. You, you and went so, and found them. You went and found the yeah. problems they were having, and, and you put them on your board. And that, that's that's essentially what I do. I find business owners with problems, and then I, I help them fix their shit. Like, yeah. and and you do it. You do it through your podcast, and like it's it's building that authority and and being able to attract people by giving first giving value which you are doing like with your podcast and 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 with your advice so no it's the it's the natural byproduct of doing the work unfortunately it's it's control like what i like to think about is using banking yourself and profit first it's about having more control than me as a business owner's hands and wall street in love them or hate them it's about taking control from you mm-hmm. giving it to them because we're not good enough or smart enough to do what what that is right huh. or something and people yeah. want to give up control and say well they're going to do it for me well as business owners i i am a control freak i like to have that control mm-hmm. and this allows me to have more controls instead of giving it to someone else and saying, fix the problem for me. And then we blame the president or or this or that. I'm like, no, it, it would take 100% responsibility for you. And if you don't know, hire a business surgeon to do help you. <laughs> That's the plan, man. I, you know, you can see things that the owners can't see just purely because you're approaching it from an outside perspective. Like a, a business owner only sees his business through his own eyes. And um, yep. the, the the amount of emotion and, and challenges and everything he's been through to that point are all there covering up his vision. So yeah, like I yeah, there's some cost fallacy. Oh there's, God, yeah. uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sell. Because, I mean, literally, when we sold our coffee shop, it was like, uh, wait, we created this child and we're gonna sell it. It hurt, you know, didn't it? But, yeah. Oh, it it, it was hard. But uh, I'm I'm really glad we did because I well, have an actual physical child now. Well, and, yeah, and yeah, and <laughs> and life moves in chapters, you know. I mean, I just closed the uh, the doors on the media company that we've been we've been working on for about six years, um, mm-hmm. but I rolled it like I rolled it up into a consulting agency, and it's, it's doing way better than just selling media alone. Like this, the, the yeah. media alone was the issue, and we recognized that and solved the actual problem of the client. So, uh, yes, that was my my fucking mentors have been telling me for two years to do it. And you know the the, yeah. the emotional bond you have with the staff and with the agency and the thing you've built, it, it makes it very difficult. And it's much easier to act on somebody else's business because there's 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 no emotional tie to it whatsoever. You can say this and, and you chopping probably. Off. I bet you with your, when your mentor was saying it, you're like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Oh, oh no, 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 I know no, better. no, no, I've been through this enough times. I I've known for a while. Um, oh, good. my, my entire outlook on it was, you know what? I believe in this and I, I, I bet I can turn it around. And yeah. I, I kept going cause I wanted to fix the problem more than I wanted to go, you know what, we could make it this way more profitable by just moving these yeah. people over here and selling this instead. And, um, yeah. you know, now we do the entire infrastructure of the business and it, it, it makes yeah. way more sense for the client than it does just showing up and I mean, $20,000, a lot of money for a marketing video, which, you know, yeah. We generate more profit than that for the videos. Like that's the whole point of them. But it's a lot of money to lay out in one go, and then nobody knows where the leads are going. Nobody knows who's making the sales calls. Nobody knows anything about the the, the ad spend or any of it. And I just realized that holy shit, they they actually need business systems. And so yep. And and since then, it's just like lit on fire, dude. It's great. Like I've I've every uh, every reason to be joyful. And you know, I'm really thinking very hard about this infinite banking stuff so I'm, I'm glad you showed up as a guest today because like we're not like we're not connected on social media at all I'm glad you showed up as a guest today if you could for a minute I've given away probably more than a hundred copies of the richest man in Babylon yeah tell me about that book do you like it do you think because when I read profit first I was like oh my goodness this is this is really good but I like the stories in richest man in Babylon do you do you like that book at all yeah, that's one of the books I highly recommend uh, because they and and my wife says 
uh, she wants the richest woman in Babylon because there's no guys in it or no girls in it, really. Um, they weren't allowed so to we have actually, money. They weren't allowed to have money back yeah. then. Yeah, we did a whole playlist on this back in the day. Uh, we we're uh, doing our YouTube on some of that called the richest. I don't know why we called it, but but the richest man in Babylon. I tell people every person should read it and Amen. implement. Uh, that whole idea of 10% of all you earn is for you to keep. Yeah. Uh, that is savings versus investing mm -hmm. and keeping it. And I just happen to put it in a life insurance policy, which is smart for me. But uh, those parts, I think every business owner, every person should actually read it and it should be required reading yeah. because uh, most people, I swear, don't know how to like, uh, they don't understand money. And, and I've learned that, it, and I've said this on our YouTube channel, if you do not have a plan for your money, everyone has a plan for your money. Oh, I mean, yeah. you know, we do marketing yeah. videos. Yeah. The, yeah, the whole point of marketing is to get other people's money so we can grow whatever the thing is, right? Hopefully we'll solve a problem, but you watch commercials and, and McDonald's will have commercials that everybody... There's so much out there. And if we do not have a plan and a strategy or a system in place, mm -hmm. and it starts with having the right uh, heart, and that's why I think of the richest man in Babylon was saying is a lot of the uh, story behind it, right? Because yeah. you could squander it. Mm -hmm. You could go make a lot of money and squander it too. But how do we uh, learn, again, wisdom? Oh. From that, I mean, it, it's not a real old book. I mean, in fifty in the fifties, he he rewrote it, but um, but I just think you know some of that timeless wisdom. It's kind of like a biblical book almost. It seems. oh, absolutely, uh, yeah. I mean, well, it, it was translations of the original tablets that they wrote the stories on from Babylon. I mean, it was like yeah, old school story. My favorite story in there was when the kid was in debt and he'd been avoiding everybody, and he was really hungry. And he saw the rich merchant, and the rich merchant ate all of the goat and listened to the kid and told the story of when he was a broke kid and how he got out of debt. And then he bought the kid his dinner, and uh, the kid went on and, and followed his advice and, and, and got out of debt and paid everybody back. And I, I think that, you know, having been in debt and having got things right and having got things wrong I think one of the most powerful things I drew from that book was was talking to people and letting them know yeah. what you were doing is much better than running away from people and trying to avoid where you've borrowed money from trying to avoid your creditors yeah well and the other thing is the power of the story oh yeah right and and for me I've had conversations with the the IRA people and, you know, self-directed IRAs and, mm -hmm. and this and that. And I'm like, you know, all I can tell you is how this system helped me change my life. I was in this place financially and is having a struggling business. Mm -hmm. And because of, of the things, the story, I was able to, to overcome a lot of things, the obstacles. And so that's one of the things I love about that is it's a narrative, right? It's a story, but so much can be transferred over. And as we're working with clients, sometimes we're, we are trying to just sell them on the product, the thing, right? Mm -hmm. I don't care about infinite banking. What does it do for me and how's it going to make my life easier? And what I've found is these concepts helped me have a richer, fuller life. Right, and, right. And I, I, I swear to God, my kid uh, is going to be so loaded, at least compared to me. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, holy crap, this, you are so lucky because you have smart parents. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, hopefully he doesn't squander it. I will put a trust and other things in place that, you know, he doesn't, he can't do things, but. Oh, come on now. Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, I'll make sure it's, it's all in the teaching and, and required reading. He's going to have to read the richest man in Babylon. Oh, know? many, many times. I think my kids have all, yep. all read it and they, they have little savings envelopes and the spending envelopes. And, you know, one of my kids is a saver cause he sets goals and that's what he wants. And another one of my kids is a spender cause he likes spending money, you know? And so there yeah. you have it. 
Well, and I think that that's the challenge in our world. And when we get married uh, and why people avoid me uh, is because you have the spender and the saver or people mm -hmm. are avoiding their problems. Yeah. And this is the thing. If, if you want to get fixed, uh, uh, sometimes you got to go see a, a, a surgeon right. to understand it. And that's what I do. And I, I swear, sometimes people are avoiding themselves. They're not avoiding me, but I'm like, hey, I want to do a full financial analysis to see how the tool that we offer would help or not. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times people are like, I just want, I just want you to give me the tool. Like, right. I can't, I can't do that until I know if it's going to work for you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all specific to the person. I mean, the, the biggest, mm -hmm. the biggest change for me was getting paid and immediately putting the money where it needed to go before I could spend it on anything else. Like this yeah. is what we, and, and you know, we live biblically. Um, so 10% goes to charity, then 10% goes yeah. to profit and then 20% goes to whatever debt we've got. And once the debt's completely wrapped up, then the 20% will go to investments. And you see, we live yep. on 60% and um, paying off like debt from loans and everything else that got us through yeah. COVID. Um, you know, we'll be, we'll be debt free here within the next six or eight weeks, just from following those principles and, and, and saving the 10% and giving, giving has been so freaking important. Yeah. Do you go, do you guys follow any of that path as well? Cause I know the richest man in Babylon, they, they did bring up tithing, but when you mention yeah. tithing, people get a bit weird, you know? So I am a, uh, I'm a, a church goer. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I, I've thought about this a, a lot in re, most recently, even, uh, is giving 10% to, to God, right? Whether it's to God or to higher power or to whatever that giving thing is, is living off of 90%, mm -hmm. right? And we do that. And my income, it's again, a percentage. Yeah. And then I do what we call the 10, 10, 10 savings rule. 10% mm -hmm. goes to medium term, 10% mm -hmm. long-term and 10% short-term. I mean, My biggest investment is me. Yeah. So I'm still saving 20% into policies. That's how mm -hmm. I have a big policy. Right. And I'm living off of 60%, right? Yeah. Meaning I'm not spending more than I make. The problem is our world is saying I in the in banks, mm -hmm. I want to spend 104%, mm -hmm. not give any. And you know, again, the commercials are like, yeah, but you owe it. You you deserve it. You deserve it. I'm like, you don't deserve anything. Mm -mm. Um, and we need to learn to live and be okay with enough. I think the opposite of um, not, not poverty, like poverty isn't like prosperity, but it's living with enough, right? Mm -hmm. and, and being content, not doing that socialist kind of thing, but, but what is enough for us? Do I need to have a bigger and bigger and bigger house? Do I need to keep up with the Joneses or what is it that I want? And, and we need to understand what our needs and wants are. Yeah. And I'll yeah. go into that. And often, you know, I give to our local church in a lot. Um, actually the fun thing is, remember I told you when I started our policies, mm -hmm. 400 yeah. bucks yeah. a month when I had the coffee shop, Mm -hmm. I now give, uh, which is crazy, way more um, in that 10% than I made when yeah. I was an entrepreneur in that world. It feels good, doesn't it? Oh, like, man. man, it's awesome. Yeah. And to be able to say, oh, I can do this and, and do, you know, but I also make as much as I can, keep as much as I can yeah. and hold it lightly uh, but be good stewards. I'm a, that, I'm a that's good steward the thing. It's it's being that steward. Yeah, it's being that steward. Yep. And what I did was, you know, if if you make a hundred bucks and you got to give the first ten percent away and you got to save ten percent, you got to put, you know, twenty percent in debt service or whatever. That that leaves you sixty percent to live off. Well, that's only yep. sixty bucks. So it. Yep. If you can tune your mindset to say, well, look, I need 600 bucks to live off this week. I need to make a thousand bucks in order to be ready to go. It, yeah. It's a very, you know, you just make 10 louder, you know, it's like making that well, goal and, and understanding how the banks work, right? Mm -hmm. So that debt that you had, and I don't know what the interest rate is. We haven't talked to anything about that, 
But if I can control the interest rate and it's 5% simple on my policy is less than 18% interest on a credit card. Mm -hmm. Well, then without even making any risk, that's a 13% increase right. or difference. Right. Right. So, so uh, it's just math. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. But like, Man, I'm ready to be out of debt, dude. It's uh, I've got the little credit thing going on. I'm tracking all my payments. Yeah, this is uh, COVID beat hey, the shit out. Dude, it beat the shit yeah. out of us. I mean, you know, it was uh, it, it was fun while it lasted, but man, that was a really rough two years in business. And I, the fact that we managed to keep the lights on and keep everything going, and keep everything moving, and have some money left at the end of it all was uh, was was quite the shock because there's yeah. a lot of people weren't so fortunate, you know. Yeah, that's why I was I was really fortunate to sell the business prior to COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, we would have probably been in a different position being in this industry too. Uh, we we also moved to right when COVID happened. We moved across state lines and bought a house. Right. Uh, we didn't realize that it was going to be the the day that the world shut down, oh. March thirteenth, twenty twenty. Yeah. And uh, we're like, uh, did we? Did we make a right move? Is this the high or the low? I don't. I don't know. That is the craziest um, time, dude. Trying to figure all that yeah. out. Like, but I... that—that's <laughs> why I went into profit first, too, is because I was like, the more need to run a profitable lean business, because banks will give you a ton of money. Mm -hmm. uh, they did, and, and they there's always strings attached, dude. So I think we want to understand that. I think everybody that stayed figured it out. I think that, like me, you, I think we're all far better business owners than we were before COVID. I think that, that what COVID did for us was, was really sharpen our axes, you know? Yep, yep. So, all right, my man. We are almost up on time, Brandon. I got a couple more questions uh, to ask before I let you go, sir. Um, the first one being, like, so the small business surgeon, it, it came about from the pain of failure and then listening to other business owners and hearing their pain too. So it's aimed at guys that are a few years behind us in business. Mm -hmm. um, if there was one thing you could jump back five years and tell Brandon from five years ago, a nice piece of advice for him, what, what would you want to tell yourself? Yeah, so three things I think I started this is know that you know that you know that you're called to it. Mm -hmm. uh, have a team around you Yes, because it's going to suck. I remember in the second year of our business, we had a miscarriage. My cat died, my appendix, uh, out, uh, my grandmother died. All of this stuff happened uh, in that year. And having that team that cared about me, not about my how much coffee, because, you know, well, yeah. you know when, you, when you're selling coffee, they don't want to hear when you ask, how's it going? They don't want to hear, oh, life sucks right now. Uh, that's not good customer service. They want, oh, it's good. Uh, and yeah, so that's great. <laughs> the team that cares around you and yeah. then know your numbers. Those three things telling every business owner, know that you know that you know and and suck it up and work really hard and keep working really hard. Um, know, have a team and know your numbers so that way you can make smart, informed decisions uh, that's what I, um, like to tell everybody who's been where we were. Yeah. Um, you know, five years ago we were starting this business. Uh, I'm thinking like 10 years when we were starting the, the first one. Mm -hmm. Um, and also don't compare yourself to a big business, right? A five-year-old yeah. business. As I, as I think about this, when you start a business, it's kind of like having a child. Yes. And guess correct, what you yeah. got to do? You got to wipe its butt. You got to clean up shit. You got yeah. to <laughs> clean up a lot. Yeah. And and you can't expect that someone else is going to do it for you. You have to s set up the systems. Yeah. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And as it grows, I have a four-year-old, right? Mm -hmm. He still has accidents. Right. Right. It's supposed to be done with this whole system, that part. But close, right? yeah. You've but almost it, got the system down for wiping. And but who knows but what I got it. Yeah. It's getting there. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. And that's the same as a business. And then as we grow, we just start leveling up. So don't compare yourself to other people. Just compare yourself to yourself yesterday. And how can I make 1% adjustments? That's the still method. Set your sights, yeah. track in the back, inspect, look for 1% adjustments and live deliberately. 
make those little 1% adjustments and you will see how far you can get um, and look back and say, wow, look at that. I love it. That's some really solid advice, Brandon. Thank you for tossing that out there. All right, last question, my friend. Where can the people listening who have enjoyed the show, where can they find you on social media? Where can they follow you? And where can they learn more about getting their own wealth, wisdom, financial planning stuff set up by you? Yeah, so totally go to Wealth Wisdom FP. That's financial partners, wealthwisdomfp.com. I have a a uh, special report you can get that's here in the back there that you can see five mm -hmm. simple steps to secure your financial future outside of a W-2. That is a, a little PDF that we have. So if you go to wealthwisdomfp.com for that, mm -hmm. uh, if you look on uh, podcast, YouTube, uh, Wealth Wisdom Financial, if you see a cartoon version of me, you'll well, see me on YouTube, podcast, uh -huh. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. I want to grow it. I don't want Dave Ramsey, who who gives crappy advice uh, and is is a jerk. Um, I don't want him winning and and keeping telling people lies. Like I want him. I want to help business owners thrive because the world needs us to really. Um, yeah, it's really important. And, and so watch videos uh, if any way we can serve and we'll put all the links to your channels in the show notes pal dude thank you so much for coming and hanging out for the last hour and dropping so much uh, wealth wisdom and knowledge bombs on us brandon i really appreciate you coming on the show thank you sir uh, thanks for having me guys that was brandon neely if you've loved his stuff please do me a favor go and check out the wealth wisdom financial partners website and the wealth wisdom podcast i'll throw the links in the show notes and as always if you've enjoyed the show do us a favor share it out there and you can find us all over social media at small business surgeon all right you'll be good stay safe and check back with me this week on friday for friday fire see ya This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you've made it this far, you clearly like it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you for your follow-up next week.